Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. I've had social media uh, manager. Mm. I've had a marketing manager. I've had a personal assistant that's also helped with my dating and all of that. Really? Wow. Everything you could think of, I've pretty much done. What kind of things were they doing with your dating? Well, just, you know, helping set up online profiles, you know, swiping right and all that (laughs) stuff. And then, like, I I only had to really show up for the date and, you know, and then just get a brief before. So it was kind of helpful for that. Yeah. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Report, Saturday edition, and I got my co-host today, Alex Camacho. Alex, welcome to the show. What's up, Rich? Good to be here, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you coming on. So uh, today, we are going to go deep on virtual assistants, why VAs, why you should utilize them as a real estate investor, as an entrepreneur, um, and kind of, you know, what you're doing on the back end and kind of the the project that you got going on with the virtual assistant stuff. So uh, first off, um, why should someone use a VA? Well, first of all, is, is to buy your time back so you can work on more productive things. Obviously, the caveat to that is that you need to have a way to make money that it will afford you that assistant mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I always say, uh, you know, one of your first hires probably should be a virtual assistant, uh, you know, cheap cost of labor. We have four of them that we have full time on our team and they're right. And they, you can utilize them for a lot of things. I think the key is finding someone good. And then once you find someone good, what we've done is we've actually asked them, who do you know that might also be a good fit? And typically they'll, they'll know someone uh, that is a good fit and then they can bring them in. And that's kind of where we've seen the most success with RBAs at least. Yeah, I've actually had the same success where you meet somebody, you bring them on, you train them, recruit them. They know all the systems and processes and they're able to bring on other help, uh, other referrals, other people that they know. And so some of our best team members have come through that same acquisition strategy. What kind of things uh, do you delegate to, to your VAs? So initially, I did an admin, right? So um, I found that I'm typically not a detail-oriented person. Yeah. So I needed somebody to help me with all that. And so that was the first hire. Uh, right behind that um, it was somebody that was in acquisitions. So they were helping out with just managing leads and taking initial leads and then handing them off to myself as the closer. Um, and then it's, it's graduated so many other things where I've had project manager assistants where they're virtually virtually wow. where they're assisting the, the boots on the ground project manager mm. and make sure, sure sure that that person is doing just the management of the contractors and the projects and visualizing everything. But they're ordering stuff from Home Depot. They're helping with design, they're helping with all those things that is not the best use of that project manager on the ground uh, is time. And then uh, I've had social media uh, manager. Mm. I've had a marketing manager. I've had a personal assistant that's also helped with my dating and all of that. Really? So, wow. I, everything you could think of, I, I've pretty much what, done. What kind of things were they doing for, with your dating? Well, just, you know, helping set up online profiles, you know, swiping right and all that <laughs> stuff. And then, like, I, I only had to really show up for the date and, you know, and then just get a brief before. So it was kind of helpful for that. Yeah. That's too funny, man. You're like the second person. (laughs) If you're you're swiping, you know, for say, you know, 20, 30 minutes, like that's 20, 30 minutes. I could be analyzing like two, three deals. So it just made sense for me to have somebody helping me with that. 
That's funny, dude. You're mm-hmm. the second person I've heard doing that. That's pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think depending on what you're looking for, I think you could find it all out there. Um, there's a lot of virtual staff finders out there that we've used. And um, they're like, hey, whatever you guys need, let us know. Create the job description and then we'll go out and, and kind of source. Um, so good folks for the job. Um, and I know, you know, you're spending a good amount of time down in Guadalajara and you mentioned that, um, you're looking at potentially starting a new project in the VA space. Um, tell me what you're thinking there. Yeah. So I've been, uh, thinking about it mainly because there's been the demand Yeah, and I've had success with it personally. So I know both sides of that coin, the entrepreneur side, investor side, and then the talent side uh, the virtual assistant side. And so my thought was this, because I actually had a friend visit, he owns bunch of liquor stores and a bunch of properties in upstate New York. Uh, and he visited to buy some custom, some high-end tequila because Guadalajara, mm. for those that don't know, is the birthplace of tequila. There's a town called Tequila, like an hour outside of the city. So he comes, he does this, and then we go to lunch and he's like, yo, bro, uh, can you get me a virtual assistant for my social media? I, I, I'd be willing to pay you right now a couple mm. thousand dollars to do it. And I, my first virtual assistant I found that way where it was one of those recruiting companies. I paid them 2000 bucks. They gave me like seven candidates. I went and interviewed everyone. I picked the best one that I felt was a fit for me. Mm-hmm. And then he stayed with me for a year and a half. and was wow. one of my best first hires, right? And so um, as I'm spending time down there and I'm seeing what the wages are, what the opportunities for the young, motivated, bilingual people are, I'm seeing like, hey, there's a real need for this on both sides because I also network a lot in masterminds and conferences. And people always need help with getting their time back in one way or another, being more efficient, and all of the above. So yeah, just having grown some of my internal team members from when they were just like a text messenger to like where this person is handling all of the intake of leads and and seeing them grow, I think is also very fulfilling to grow people just because they're not there with you at the office doesn't mean that they don't become part of like your family. I, some of my virtual assistants have really been like, they've been an integral part of my growth and I've seen them grow a lot. And I push them. So I just like both sides of that, of that coin. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you, man. I think uh, a lot of things can be done in the office, but um, I think there's a lot of roles that don't need to be in, in person. They can be done remotely. And and I think if you have good systems and processes in terms of uh, managing uh, your virtual assistants, maybe you have a good operating system here. We use uh, EOS. Yeah. Um, and we'll do like level 10 meetings. And so like Andrea and our team, she manages our VAs and she runs like level 10 meetings with the VAs, um, which I think is pretty cool. So I think, um, you know, if you have the right systems, you, you can you can make it happen, make it work. If you love real estate investing, passive income and tax benefits, but don't have the time, my company, Summers Capital, is buying boutique hotels right now. We source the deals, we renovate the properties, and we even handle all the day-to-day management, making it truly hands-off for our investors. If you want to learn more to see if we can help you, visit summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. Yeah. And I, I don't, think that that the office space is going away that everything's going virtual mm-hmm. i just found that within my business it works well and i want to help other entrepreneurs and yeah and also help some of these mexicans and other people in you know latin america so are you are you going to staff them for folks are you going to source them so there's there's a couple of business models or yeah. uh, where you could have one of them is just we are kind of a broker right you're just sourcing or like sourcing the talent for them and it's their va kind of like that model you're mm-hmm. charging someone a fee 1500 2500 bucks depending on uh, the you know, what you set up there. And there's usually a guarantee, hey, you're, this person is going to be with you for, say, six months. It's your mm-hmm. job to lead them, but we'll give you best practices and show you kind of our systems. Yeah. And But it's your employee. 
And then there's the other side, which is the recruiting revenue model, where you're we're, we're having 10, 20, 30, 100 VAs on staff, and they're helping a variety of clients, and the clients are paying us, and we're paying the VAs, and you're making money on a small initiation fee, much smaller than the other broker fee. Oh, so and they'll, then, be, they'll be and so your we're, employees. We're paying them 5 bucks an hour, and they're, they're paying us 10 bucks an hour. Uh, so we're getting a delta. And usually, I mean, it's a nice profit, and that makes it an actual sellable company. And so I've been kind of swayed by some people I've been talking to that own these companies that it's better to have the recurring the revenue model. And so mm. I'm leaning towards that. And it is going to be a U.S.-based company, but we'll have an office in Guadalajara and other parts of the world. So I'm curious, uh, you know, if you got 150, 200 employees, VAs, you're, they're employed by you, and then you're pocketing the spread. So let's just say you're charging 10 bucks an hour, you're paying them five. Who's in, who's in, who's in charge of managing these VAs? We are. And you so, still are. Yeah, we still are. Um, and so there's a kind of managers managing the VAs. So mm. if you had 100 VAs, they could be managed by, say, five managers. So if I'm the client and I say, hey, I, I need a full-time VA to help with social media, for example, um, but we want to we have direct access in terms of managing this VA, is that possible too? Yeah, it's possible. Um, there is certain things that I've been advised that you could do, such as having buyout clauses inside of your contracts. So essentially, they're just saying, hey, we, this is our employee, mm-hmm. but if you want to buy them out and, and actually work, them work for you full-time, then you got to pay us. An exit fee. Mm. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so so how would it work like in the actual process if we're we're working with our VA uh, and obviously we got job description, we need things to need to get done. We go through you guys and then you guys relay the information. Is that? I haven't gone through all the details yeah, yet yeah. because uh, I have had both both myself. I've had the ones where I just bought them out or I paid a fee and then they were my employee and from the very beginning I was managing them full time. And I've had the ones where I'm managing cold callers through a manager. Um, and I think there's just pros and cons to both of it. But uh, as I've been told by other people that own virtual assistant companies, it's usually better to have the recurring revenue model. And it is more work and is more things kind of moving parts. But also there's, there's more end benefits too. Yeah. And just being, a, it's almost like say wholesaling compared to like long-term rentals, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, yes, wholesaling can make you money, but then, you know, the long-term building of something is better off if you're doing like rentals yeah. long-term. Yeah, so it's so, kind of yeah. similar in that. Like, hey, cause, because also what I predict and one of my things is i'm going to be recruiting full-time for talent i've barely even done that myself living there half of my time in mexico and i've attracted some amazing talented people just imagine me actually doing it as a full-time basis and running ads doing all that and attracting even better talented people these are people that are gonna be able to help my companies that i create and that i have already um, and people that i would love to place with some of my you know my clients as well yeah. So I just don't see a downside to that type of business for my current workflow. And I'm down there a lot. And, and so, yeah, it just, I think it just fits. And, and it's really, I get asked at least once or twice a week, like, hey, bro, can you find me a VA? Because, like, I don't know, how do you flip houses in L.A. and live in Hawaii and Mexico? I'm like, well, remote workers, bro. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what are the uh, typical countries to where they have a lot of VAs? Because I know uh, ours are in the Philippines, but you mentioned uh you know, Mexico is one of them. What are some yeah. others? So Mexico, they tend to be kind of a little bit higher priced. Really? I would say, yeah. What's because, the going rate out there? So going rate, mine are typically five, six, seven, eight bucks an hour. Depends on what position they have. And then um, in other places, I've done the Philippines. I didn't have that much success with the Philippines personally. Why is that? Um, I just felt like there was just a bigger language barrier. That I found that there was always, there was, there tend to be very consistent outages of mm. power and so mm. they were not available for that day to work 
I found that the turnover was greater, so they didn't. I couldn't build a culture as much with them, and they didn't speak Spanish, which with us that does make a difference because we're in Southern California, so we do have that need sometimes to you know Spanish speaking clients, all that stuff. So um, we just kind of found that it's a better fit. But there's Argentina, Colombia. Uh, there's so I know there's other places like India, but I, I've had people in Turkey and in Ecuador that worked out well for me long term too. But I'd say mainly right now it's just concentrating on uh, Guadalajara and then from there starting to expand out once we have an office and kind of the culture and kind of what we really want to do. Because, you know, there's both of those different business models, like are we going to do the more broker one where we're just finding the talented people or are we going to you know, start yeah. building out something where we have people that are on our payroll that are working for different clients. Um, I like both of them, but um, we're still working that out. I like that. Um, one thing that I didn't. I just thought about while you were speaking was if, if you have VAs that are in South America or Latin America, um, you're relatively in the same time zone as the States. So for us, the Philippines, that's on the other side of the world. Um, and so luckily we have a couple of VAs, but for them, it's like they have to work overnight to uh, be you know staffing during our yeah. daylight hours. But if they're in South America, you're relatively matched up from a good time yeah, perspective. Exactly. That we found that also is like the time difference isn't that big of a deal. And I'm sure they, they've gotten used to it in the Philippines of like working overnight, but working graveyard that typically isn't good for the human body. And I yeah. don't know. I just feel like for me, it just cultural fit. It's just, it's something that's kind of important. And so Southern California base, Mexico, it just kind of fits. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, I think that concludes this edition of the Saturday edition. He's Alex Camacho. I'm Rich Summers. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.